Hello, can you hear me? Oh, yes, I can hear you. Oh my gosh, it's the Italy made it. Oh my goodness, I cannot believe. Week 52, here we are. Here we are. The ocean's on fire, but we finished our podcast. Winning. <laughs> Roll the intro. Hi, and thank you for tuning in to a Pair of Carrots podcast, giving an unsparing critique of One Direction for the last time. I'm Kay. And I'm Anne. And in today's episode, Love You, Goodbye, we bid adieu to the 52-week deep dive into One Direction. But before we go on, we'd like to thank this week's sponsor. Okay, this week's sponsor is you, our listeners. For the last 52 weeks, You all have joined us, some of you every week, some of you every so often, some of you only once. As we've said before, we really just made this podcast for ourselves as a way to to feel like we were doing something creative while dealing with the sadness, anxiety, anger, fear, resignation, and near mania that 2020 put us through. Thanks for listening. Thanks for letting us be part of your day. And speaking of you, our listeners, we thought it would be cool to share a few statistics of the podcast because we just think it's really cool how we started with literally zero expectations and ended up with a pretty consistent base of listeners. We are by no means Ira Glass, but maybe this will serve as an inspiration to you all to start a podcast you always wanted to. But anyway, we are really proud and grateful for the following. We leave this podcast with an estimated audience of 30 consistent listeners which LOL how, and thank you so very much. Um, And on average, we got about 30 unique listeners each week turning into the various podcasts. And at the peak, we had about 136 podcast listeners in a week, which once again, what? (laughs) Our most popular episodes are as follows. Number one, the Nile episode with 61 listens. Number two, Louis's solo career spotlight episode with um, 62 listens. Our, um, our number three, our intro episode with 71 listens. I realized I'm doing this the wrong way. Our second, <laughs> our second most listened to podcast at number two um, is our Lou Tisdale episode with 83 listeners, which has a very funny story. Um, do we do we want to say that now? Or yeah, we- why not? So basically, I the week that we did our Lou Teasdale episode, or maybe the week like right after, Lou Teasdale did another podcast and said some like not so great things that were. I mean, I I can't remember the details of it. It was like stuff about the boys um, that they but- had hormones and they slept with people while they were twenty years old in a band touring. Oh, true. But I feel like there were some things on there that people were not okay with because they were slightly transphobic. Oh no, I didn't remember that. I I could I she's made comments in the past, but I don't think we got into her episode, so it's probably just a good note there that Lou has made some comments that have not about the boys, about them not being too feminized. I believe she made that comments in that episode. I um I tr- should bring specifics to these things and receipts. Some of the stuff she said was just kind of ridiculous. But anyway, the timing of our podcast, we did not intend for our podcast to come out at the same week that Lou did that. Um, but I think a lot of people tried to search for Lou Teasdale on a podcast and got confused when they found us. 
um, talking about Lucy's Dell and her styling choices. And her really, really cute hairstyles. Exactly. But anyway, um, well, thank you very much for clicking on it because that has 83 listens. And I kind of feel like maybe our number one episode might have some other stories kind of related to that. Sure. Um, but I cannot confirm. Our number one episode, most listens, was our Larry episode with 103 listeners. Oh, um, the most exciting statistics for us, which we always um, text with each other about each week, was finding out where our various listeners were tuning in from. Uh, so in order of, like, I guess, density of listeners, we had the United listeners from the United States, Germany, Australia, Ireland, Norway, Bahrain, the Netherlands, the United Kingdom, India, Brazil, Mexico, Canada, Switzerland, Peru, Austria, Spain, Italy, the United Arab Emirates, Sweden, Taiwan, Argentina, Slovenia, the Czech Republic, Lebanon, Indonesia, Belgium, Malaysia, Bosnia and Herzegovina, Latvia, Lithuania, the Maldives, Israel, Finland, France, Slovakia, Sri Lanka, and and Japan. So, like, that's really cool. (laughs) Yeah, that is, um, I believe, six continents, right? Yeah, for sure. Gosh, Antarctica, why? True. I mean, maybe one day. This will stay up, so you never know. You never know. But anyway. So if you want to be an internationally syndicated podcaster, you know, just do it. (laughs) You don't even need sound editing experience. (laughs) No, nor do you really need to like, I mean, I think that we really have improved. I was really, um, I agree. If I can share, I was really excited that you told me that you learned how to equalize. Our voices, we're like, so excited. Like a couple weeks ago, but you know what? We really grew and learned, and we're really appreciated that all of you grew with us. For sure. Well, for me, I was like, I was never supposed to stress out about this podcast. I was like, I'll learn how I learn. <laughs> and I'm glad I finally did. <laughs> I think, especially for you and I, who are both have like, I think, similar but different perfectionist tendencies, it was great to have something that like we could do that didn't need to be perfect. But for sure. Just getting it done was like, good enough for sure exactly absolutely great fun um but anyway thank you listeners from all around the world thank you for having tuned in listened etc what fun true true um so we don't have too much of an outline here for reviewing which is great um but do you want to start let's just start with i guess the questions you've wonderfully prepared (laughs) Yeah, we were supposed to have like a no script, but I was like, mm, I have a Virgo moon, so we must. Um, okay, so I wanted to know if you had a favorite podcast of the year. Ooh, I feel like, I don't know if I have one specifically, but I think doing um, like um, doing some of the friendship episodes, the ones that weren't as painful, like Nui, are some of my favorite episodes that we did. Cool. What about you? Do you have a favorite? Uh, um, I think that there were some where I ended up like learning a lot. I like weirdly enough, I feel like the Harry episodes were like therapy. <laughs> um, I thought I also found like my journal from like 2013 that I did while studying abroad. 
it's like this art journal I started. It's really, really funny. And it's so that's like literally a year into like being a One Direction fan. And it's just so funny because like I literally am like going through like my ups and downs with like Louie and Harry. Also, I feel like every other directioner in 20, like mid 2013, I didn't realize like how much of a low key Larry I was. Cause I was like, Louie and Harry suck. The only good thing going for them is Larry Salinson. If that's not real, then what's the point of it? <laughs> That's so weird. Um, and uh, so I think it was like really fun. I really like the Harry. I'm gonna say I like the Harry Potter episode. I also thought the now like planning the now episode was really funny too, just to figure out just how little we know about Niall Horan. True. I also thought the um, listening to like their various solo projects was really cool to kind of figure out like how they've grown differently. And I think the Heartbreak Weather episode, like the Niall solo music episode, was just so much fun. Um, yeah like and then the funniest one was like the Liam episode and how you and I were like how are we supposed to listen to this album right so, sorry Liam like I don't think I went past like five songs listening fully I was like if they're you're getting 30 seconds of my time I I really tried I did and I I, you weren't missing much. I'm sorry, Liam. You really weren't. It was so funny. I was like, well, I think if you've heard one song, you've heard them all. I I think I really do appreciate you bringing that up, really. I like, out of all those things, I agree. I also feel like the Harry Potter one, definitely cool. I think as much as we learned about their birth charts, too. That yeah, was really cool. that was so fun. Um, I also just feel like we really went, I feel like we really went on a journey, journey with Niall and Liam, specifically. Yeah. Because I think we were so, we came in really pushing for Liam's solo career. And then I feel like when we really sat down with it, not that we're still pushing for it, I feel like we're like, oh, wow, okay, this is where it's at. And it was fascinating to watch, like, Niall's excellence. For Um, sure. Like, in contrast, I guess, it's kind of like Liam's, like, misses so far. Absolutely. that You're so right, because I really do, thinking back on it, it's like, it like took a year to like figure out like, oh, it's not so much. And I think one of the listeners that wrote an email about this, it's like, it's like, it doesn't matter how much potential someone has or had. It's like, if it's not being executed, like you're just, you kind of get to the point of like, what are you doing? Right. Right. And that's, I feel like we've gone a long way from making a podcast literally to just yell about how Liam should be doing better in a solo career. Yeah, we've grown. And Maybe to yell at Harry. I think it's been also kind of interesting to watch our journeys with Harry too. Because I think I've grown, more, I've grown more annoyed with him and I feel like you've understood him more. Yeah, I'm still I'm still my level of like irritation, but like I'm like, okay. I also am proud of myself that I didn't change my mind after he won a Grammy. I was like, I still I still stand by what I said. Right. Yeah. Also you first saw his Grammy nomination and win. Oh, true. That's true. I feel like we both knew it was coming, though. Yeah. <laughs> We've had enough conversations about it. I mean, that we just know the way the industry works and how Harry navigates it. I think it's been, I think I was kind of expecting at some along the way to, like, figure out that there was something else happening with Harry, but I think we've really just kind of, like, pinned it down, too. He just really wants to send um, for sure. I, I know this is like really problematic, but I'm really upset that um, he didn't end up becoming a father before we finished our episode. I just wanted the drama of it all. <laughs> <laughs> I know these are other people's lives, but I was like, it would have just been like really funny for now to be the last one without a child. I mean, and that, like, I, it is, 
And maybe one day. I mean, I guess it's not too late for Harry to have a child before Niall, and it, might, it very much still might happen. I yeah. Mean, I I feel like I feel like it will happen. I don't know when. I don't know if it'll be in the next year. But we also Zoe never Zoe never contacted each other. True, as far as we know. As far as we know, yes. Um, did you ever listen to Zane's thingy? I couldn't find it. I was going to ask you to find his SoundCloud because I cannot. Oh, I'll send it to you. Um, so I did not listen to it, but I will say my, I feel like my relationship with Zane has really, like, I've really appreciated Zane. My relationship with Zane. What am I talking about? That one time that we talked. Um, no, I feel like my appreciation for Zane has really grown. Like I've always had a lot of respect for Zane, but I think, spending a lot of time intentionally listening to his things and being like, oh, well, this guy is actually, like, really, really good. Like, it isn't just, like, Zane is, like, I'm throwing out stuff because I have an album. Like, Zane is an artist yeah. of, like, a different kind of this time. And I know he doesn't tour, so I think that's, like, always going to limit, like, where he is as an artist. But, like, as just, like, a musical artist, Zane is a genius. And I, like, I feel like I did not appreciate that enough until this podcast. For sure. Like, I, I agree. I think, like, um, even though, like, I always was a fan of his, I think this podcast helped me see him in a different light. Because, like, thinking back to, like, once again, my 2013 journal, like, um, I remember there's a blog, a blog called Zane is the 1D that matters. And I just always, just always regarded Zane Malik as this very just beautiful person who has a beautiful voice. And I think that because this podcast kind of, like, required that I listen to lyrics and like understand their depth the depth of these people they could talk about it I was like kind of blown away by like um like his intent like his intentions behind the things that I'm like what are you doing and like also that he's kind of just like trade like he's kind of stayed true to like what he said he was going to do when he left in 2015 um and I think it took him a while like it took him 2016 to realize that yeah he really was just not interested in the fame life Right. Yeah. I mean, and I think it's, I, I'm, I'm still intrigued about how long he can keep up a musical career of this caliber like this, but it's working. He's making it work. Yeah. I'm really, I'm really curious too, to know how it all works. And um, gosh, those One Direction residuals must be beautiful. <laughs> True. But I mean, I guess, to in the time of this recording, Zane has. I feel did Zane know he was going to be a father when we started recording? No. Yes. But not publicly, right? Yes. No. Yes. 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 yes yeah, because yes. we found out. We accidentally found out in May. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah, because I think I think it's been six months since that child has been born. Yeah. Least. Um, yeah, wow. I mean, it's just, I think it'll be interesting to going forward to watch like Zane's career. Like, as you said, it's really important for him to be a father and like, that'll be fascinating to kind of like get to witness. It will. I also think like, you know, I think it was also really timely to like have a way to like, it was, I feel like this podcast ended up being a way for me to like release One Direction. Cause I really do think like they were there for me, like looking back, obviously, like I'm really glad I kept that journal and like, it was really, a, uh, you know, the early 20s and like your college years are just really awful and difficult. 
particularly when you're a woman of color at a predominantly white institution and you're like, what the heck is going on? And then to just have found like this group, this group of like five people who like just seemingly cared for each other. <laughs> I just think it's like it, One Direction was just so really near and dear to me. And I think this podcast was a really great way to like really like release all of it mm-hmm. and like be able to like, and I think it's really weird how podcasts, like why are podcasts necessary when you can just have conversations? And maybe there's like something of like I don't know something that you're like you're just putting it out there that's helpful. But it was just it, I found it really helpful to be able to release them all and like to recognize them for their complexities and be grateful for them. But also just see like oh like you really are no longer that like we really aren't as we aren't as close. We were never close, but like you aren't as close as I once thought you were, and, I, and I'm able to see you for the full human you are. And it's great and it's magical, but it's also really cool to know that like. I have let go of you as an obsession. Obviously I've picked up more obsessions, but still. <laughs> no, I, I feel that. Like, I don't, I think um, for me, starting this podcast, I think I would have been very, very sad if they never got back together. Yeah. Oh my God, you're so right. I'm not, I don't, I'm not, I would be ecstatic if they got back together. I still believe that like there will be a reunion tour at some point or like a reunion concert because I feel like these people know the industry well enough, you know, like I honestly, and I think that they do genuinely care for each other enough for that to happen. Zane is the question mark, but I think at the same time, like, I think I'm okay with where they stand with each other and I don't need it. Not that I ever really needed it. Like my life would not have like been any worse, I guess, if One Direction never got back together, but I kind of feel the same way, I guess, in like terms of release, right? Like I don't feel that, um, like it doesn't hurt as much to think that One Direction might not ever perform perform again as it once did, and I like I will admit that like it like the idea of that was so sad at one point in my life. I agree. It's like really weird to think about because sometimes I go on TikTok and people talk about like One Direction getting back together or like how they lied about their hiatus, and I like now I'm like, what do you mean they lied? They never lied. They're never getting back together. But I remember like you're so right. Like last summer, I was like they'll get back together eventually. And now I'm like, oh, and I think that being able to have like looked at their solo careers and like looked at like what they're all doing and then being able to just like kind of see them and understand them more deeply, you kind of see who they are as individuals and you kind of see like, oh yeah, like that just might not be part of their, their, um, that's just not on their radar right now. Right, right. Which I don't think means like, Will you and I be very excited if One Direction comes back? Yes. Like, yes, I'm still in. You know, like, I'm not, like, completely... I don't think I'm, like, yeah, I'm I'm here for it if they do, but I don't... I think in the same way. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon, and that's okay. I will only cry if Zayn goes back. Because, I mean, honestly, that's for me when One Direction ended. Like, I just... I After Zayn left, it was, like, I was, like, I was, okay, bye. Like, <laughs> it just wasn't, like... There was nothing like keeping me there. And I feel like for me, it's like if OT, and I also recognize even if I have such with BTS now, it's like, I feel like the only reason I really loved, truly loved One Direction is because of their, their like teamwork and being together as OT5. And I think I was like, you're not One Direction without all of you. Um, but I think that's also just maybe my preference. Um, but I think it'll be like really, it'll be, but I think it'll be cool to go as like, an, just like a, just go and just enjoy their music and not just be like caught up in like the, caught up in like the the intensity of just knowing every the comings and goings of one person throughout the day like I just can't believe there was ever a time when I knew everything that they were doing 
the diary entry of like when Niall was going to get his braces out. I was like, Niall gets his braces out in four days. I was like, who are you? <laughs> that's Yeah, no, I think that's like, I, I agree. Like, I don't think that like, it won't feel like one direction without the five of them. And I feel like the emotional intensity won't be there. And I, I, I agree. I think what I'm saying is I feel like if like, for some reason, the four of them decide to like release a song together, I'd listen. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'd be like, wow, this is great. I think it would be amazing and incredible. And it would be like my hope still, I think, for like their love for each other that they do that OT5 at some point does get back together, like for, for sure. like a moment, you know? Absolutely. Um, was there any, like, what was the biggest thing you learned? Ooh, I think I learned, um, that's a good question. I feel like I learned about, like, personally, I learned about, like, some of my irritations with people and, like, how some of it is just me. Like, I think that, like, my growing irritation with Harry, I really just understood it in terms of, like, the way that I relate to Harry, you know? And I'm like, oh, this is why, as a Harry fan, I can still be super annoyed with him. Um, and that's, like, totally okay. That, like, I want to be a Harry fan who, like, holds him to account and is annoyed when he's not doing more as a human. Um, I also feel like I... I feel like Niall could run a label if he felt like it. Mm. Two very separate learnings, but those are two things that come to mind right away. I think for me, it was really astounding to see um, the Louis Tomlinson fandom and observe that. Um, and I feel like the Louis Tomlinson fandom is like the most is the most similar to what. Uh, what One Direction Tumblr was like in their in their early years. And I think it's just so fascinating that it's still ongoing. Um, I think it was, it's interesting to like, I think similarly to you about Harry, it's like, it was good to like learn about, I feel like learning, like looking at Larry, Harry Styles' birth chart, I was like, oh, I need to take astrology more seriously. Cause like you said, it's not Harry Styles. It's not even me. It's literally just, the way that the stars were aligned the day he was born <laughs> like, just make him who he is um and i think it just helped me like understand like just how how fascinating it is that like the energy that like the energy that were present in the universe the days that we were born really just have us all behaving in such different ways and making such strange decisions <laughs> um and like yeah it was that was cool i also hmm I don't know. I feel like I got like a, I guess I, I think I got a better appreciation for Niall. Like you said, like, I think, I think I took him seriously when he was in, in one direction, but I think seeing, getting to actually just pay attention to like how he's crafted his entire career was just so astounding and so incredible. Um, and I just, I can't believe, I, I remember like thinking like, in terms of who's going to go solo, like Nal was never going to go solo in my head. Just never. I just never saw it happening. And if anything, I think I saw Nal where Liam is right now and vice versa. Um, and I just think it's so cool to see how it was just an, it was an interesting, it was an interesting lesson. Like what, like, like what moving through celebrity with humility does for someone, and how like Nile is winning because he just has, he didn't even set low expectations. He just said, 
don't even set expectations for me. I've got this. And I think that was like, that was really, um, that was really something. I think also like to bring BTS into this, I think I also learned a lot about like being, being able to delve into one direction and then like witnessing like whatever's happening with like BTS. It's really interesting to see like what happens when like the executive of like a boy band is a corporate thinker and one is a creative thinker and like how that influences like how the band is going to pan out. Um, and like it's, I, I don't think I ever was, I think it's sad to think that like all those times they were so excited to publicize their new concerts. There was also so much anxiety about like how they wouldn't have time off for like nine months. Um, and it's like weird to see that they're, they're still capable. It's, it's weird and it's sad to see that they're still capable of being successful in their own right without giving up their, like their lives um, to just do the same thing every night. Um, I don't know if that made any sense. So it's kind of like, I don't think I'm so much leaving the somber view of what they went through, but I guess more of a more realistic view of what they went through. I, you know what, I agree. And I feel like especially witnessing, I guess, like the music industry, um, like especially the boy band industry that like, I feel like we've kind of done in like a, in like a limited fashion through One Direction. I feel like for me, One Direction could have been different. Not like, not in their relationships or their friendships, but I feel like there was a different path for One Direction in like the creative um corporate way i guess yeah um, then that's like i feel similarly like it's not i think it's like wow that was that was actually really intense and it didn't need to necessarily be like that um i feel like maybe bts is not the right like in my mind i like don't want to get into that but like i feel like bts also works at like a ridiculous pace but it's um yeah, I just, I wonder, like, I wonder if there was room, too, for um, individual kind of solo stuff and for Harry to not have to write under a pseudonym when he goes and writes with the song. And, like, maybe that gives Harry the creative freedom he wants to stay in One Direction longer. Maybe it gives Zane freedom to feel like he had um, more creative control and, like, more direction and, like, health and wellness for himself. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe not, but, like, maybe that, maybe it does. Yeah. Um, something else I learned... I think it was like a life skill I learned was like with all the emails we got from listeners, like I, I wouldn't, I guess I am. Um, <laughs> I think I used to be like really afraid of someone disagreeing with me. And I was, cause I always thought that that meant I was wrong, but it was really cool to just like, I, and I guess I'm really grateful to the listeners who did send emails and like the generosity they had to be like, this was really cool, but I highly disagree. And there was just such a friendliness to it that like allowed me to just learn of like, oh, we could really just like have different ideas of things <laughs> and it's totally fine. And it was also just cool to like, and you know, you and I have been in school for so long that like we just moved around to that. Like whenever we never either make a mistake or say something incorrect, we're just like met with like a lot of hostility <laughs> because of the competition. And I think it was really nice to like witness for the first time what it's like to like have conversations with people where you're not really trying to like sway someone's opinion or impress someone you're just sharing ideas and I think this podcast was a really great place to just like feel a sense of freedom in that and also a sense of freedom in like disagreeing with people openly and like being okay with people disagreeing with you um I may or may not be bringing that to like my life now as a grad student <laughs> 
but I think it was it was like a, it was a really great like life skill. Um, and um, I mean, also like I mean, de- basically we were like pr- we learned how to produce a show, true, um, which is like really cool. And like um, you know, we'll still we're still learning. I'm still learning how to edit. Um, <laughs> like I think looking back to the first episode, I think I was like, so there was an awkward pause here. Let's cut it out. And now I'm just like, you know what? There was no technical difficulties. Let's just keep going. Um, just learning how to just like take things easily. And I think also for me, I was like, when you, when you're talking about the statistics of listeners, like I just was like, I guess at the forefront, I, I never would have thought people would have stuck around because I was like, well, I have no skill in editing. So like I, pers- like I just, uh, I wouldn't really expect anyone to just like sit around and listen to like all these mistakes. And I think it's a reminder that like sometimes academia just really has you forgetting that like people really aren't that pressed about like the will and nilly like calm down they're here for the content not so much like the execution <laughs> like it's fine right right yeah that's true i like hadn't thought that we like really are we did we did self-produce write, create and like edit a show which is like it's not a minor accomplishment like at all we thought to fruition and like yeah and obviously we're not like I mean, I'm not gonna apply for anyone's personal production auto audio yeah. editing or you know production team, but like that's something that we did. And like, no, I think that like there's something really wise in what you said too. I feel that too. That it's like it was okay to just show up and like do our best in this and not make it be perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I can't believe it's been a year. Like next, we pr- we published our first episode on on J- on July tenth. Oh wow, that's so crazy! You know, I will say too. One thing that I've really learned on like maybe a mushy note is that I really appreciate you and our friendship, um, because like I think I feel like it's not everyone that you can say like we're gonna do a podcast uh, for a year and that like people actually want to commit and just go full full in on it. Um, and in a way that like, yeah, I think that you and I disagree, but I think like our, our basis as the music industry is very similar, but obviously like, I think we definitely disagree and we approach things differently at different times and all, like we have different people that we paid attention to. Our fandom experience was different, but like the fact that like, um, you, we did this together. I think it's just, I really appreciated that. And like, I appreciate your friendship. I don't know if I've learned that. Cause I think I've, I like, I appreciate you from like, I think it was I think it was really fun like our because I think you and I are both really just used to like being either like leaders or just like just leave us to do something and I think it was really fun that you and I had to do like a group project (laughs) for a year it's really true it's really true and I'm like yeah it's it's but I mean I think what's really fun and I also I think I appreciate it too is like I think you and I are totally know-it-alls and we thrive being know-it-alls. And it's not like we're wrong, ever. <laughs> like, you know, like, okay, just like, um, like, with full humility, I'm like, I think most of the time we're kind of right about things. And I think in a weird way, it's like, it was just really nice to like have this, um, to have this space to just kind of feel like we were authoritatively speaking, although not, not, but no authority because we will not be sued for anything. Um, it was just really fun to just like 
you know, I don't, it's, I think it started off as like make pretend and make believe, but very soon it was like, oh no, we've got this. Like, this is a role that we're playing. We've got, we've got this. It's actually really, really fun and interesting. <laughs> no, no, no. I think I agree. I think especially because um, kind of what you were saying, similar to academia, I think you and I have both have had similar experiences of academia specifically and the worlds we're being, we're like, we're told that we are wrong all the time. Yeah. And it's been like, it's been great to have a space for like, it doesn't really matter for right or wrong. And like, we, I mean, I firmly believe that we are right about a few things. And like, I think we've got, I think it was fun to like the little evidence searching we did to know that like some of it like feels like it backed up, but it wasn't a space where we had to like come in on the defensive, I guess. about um, At all. Yeah. It was just like, a, you're so right. It was a safe space to like share. You're so right. Like basically, you know, any woman of color listening knows um that like our idea like it's difficult sharing our ideas and it has been since we were like literally three years old because it's always just been with hostility either because people are intimidated by it or because people just don't want to take the time to pay attention to you and i think this podcast was like no one can tell us anything um about ourselves and i also think that's what i liked about the emails we got and the listeners we have i think we are all just really similar people <laughs> and we've all experienced things similarly because the kind of emails we got we're like, um, we're all just kind of like, everyone just like shared their context first and then they shared their ideas. And it was great. It was a magical and wonderful. It was like a real freedom moment. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think that's even like, I think like that kind of goes to like some of our like surprise that people even listen because we're not used to people like us just freely expressing our opinions and people being like, yes. And I also want to engage with that. Yeah, for sure. I, yeah, engagement. Oh, for sure and also like that we have to like that we had to produce like something of like perfect like something perfect we can come in messy like half done like with half an article that we like look at maybe and maybe not maybe we just never get the source and it's totally fine for it to be i think i'm learning the importance of like safe spaces for people to not be perfect but to like be engaged in discussion that is like pseudo intellectual on some level for sure. I think it's also like weirdly enough, when I listen to other people's podcasts now, like I've always had something about people's pacing when it comes to like how they talk and like what they like, what they harp, like not harp, I don't know if that's an offensive statement, what they continue to just like, like sometimes I listen to podcasts, especially like of YouTubers who are like all getting these like brilliant podcast deals. I'm like, we just don't need to spend this much time on this subject. You can move on. Please, please, please just move on. Please. <laughs> So I think like editing has really helped me figure out like how like pacing and pacing and conversation is fun. I think now that um, we obviously like don't know what we're doing. Like we we said like a year of One Direction because like like I know myself and I'm like I would have gotten bored after on week fifty three. Be like okay we said we said everything we need to say. <laughs> so then that's why we're ending it the way we're doing it. Like it's like a nice tied up little box and I feel like it. Um, unfortunately, like this year has been me. This is the first time I've ever had like I've ever had Wi-Fi that actually is stable since we made <laughs> this podcast. And I feel like if anything, next time I definitely want to like have like if you're able to like have record it on be on video too, because like yeah. something that was really hard, especially with like having the lagging internet, was like I just didn't know like when you were done talking. So I'd be like, please breathe. It's a pause. Go in. I was like, no, she was just breathing. <laughs> no, no, no. I think that's like, 
And I feel like what I appreciate about the two of us is I think that like we know that we're not trying to talk over each other, so it's okay. <laughs> like it's not like. But I, I I think I agree with you, and I know we did one of them like that, and then I feel like we just stopped because like I my internet just did not work. That's the problem. My internet was like you can't. My internet said either record or be on video. Pick one. Right, right. And I was like, that's so rude. I um. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I would think about so differently, too, if we were, and I, like, obviously, yes, if we were to do anything in the future, I would think so much about, like, how I record differently, you know, and, like, the sound environment. Now that I'm, like, I've, like, considered myself, like, I've done one thing, and now I'm, like, look at me, I'm an expert now. <laughs> like, I would think about, like, the audio equipment I use, because now I've just decided that sound production is just the thing that's possible for me. For sure, I agree. Like, I think, like, now that, like, the, like, the, um... It's, I mean, I think there's something about like accomplishing it, accomplishing this that's really cool. Like I, I'm like, I don't know if I have ADHD because I was never wealthy enough to get it diagnosed because my mom never had time to be the doctor. But like, I think one of the symptoms, isn't it, that like you start a big project and then like you never finish. Yeah, I think. Um, <laughs> and I think, but I think that's what was really cool, kind of like noting to your point about like what we learned about our friendship. Like, I think there were like there are very few people. I think I have very much patience to do a full project with. Like this, <laughs> I'd been like, so first of all, oh, a year long, like, okay, no, and then with another person, never. <laughs> it's like, never gonna um, so it was really cool to like be to like find someone who had like equal passionate about passionate about something and then like fin and like understand like the um like understand like the fullness of why it's important and like finish it I think that was really really fun and like to also that's another thing too I think what was fun about this podcast um was like having someone meet you at that, at that same energy so like even though we we disagreed on some points there was like a certain energy we both had about how this is like this requires us to have full passion in this conversation that makes talking about pop culture with you so much fun because I'm like no no you get it you understand why this requires like a higher decibel like what is it called decibel yes so, yeah. <laughs> sounds <laughs> sound engineers no I think that like I don't know too if this is just like I think so much of like our astrology chart too that we've talked about just like the things that we have in common just balances well because I mean for me like the idea of someone committing to something like I'm an extrovert so like I get energy from talking to people but you're not and like I think that like I appreciate that like I think we've been able to do this and like I don't know that we I, I like appreciate that like I think you also I feel like when I don't get things done you're just like I'm gonna edit this and I'm like okay great you know like, and I'm like oh, thank you um, but I feel like it's, I don't know what it is, but I, I really do appreciate that. Yeah. I have a real passion for this stuff too. Yeah. Culture is like really, really fun. And it's like really fun to talk about it. And like they're, and I think they're, um, I think we're both curious in like really similar ways. And I think like being able to just like delve deeper into all of these questions and like have the audacity to say certain things out loud and think certain things and then end up being right about them. Oh, what a joy. <laughs> we, uh, right. The being right thing is just, I think, real big for me too. No, I think, I, um, I feel like too, the thing is, is like, pop culture feels important to me not because it's like fun to talk it's fun to talk about but it also like it doesn't exist in a vacuum right like there's a reason yeah. why it like is cultural and like it feels it feels like something that people also want to write off as like not a serious academic or no way are we like paid academics in this work but like 
I feel like as people with like intellectual and educational curiosity into way, the way the world works, it feels like such a great balance of like something super fun, but also that has like cultural impact. Like people do not spend thousands of dollars on boy bands for any reason, right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and it was also cool to just have conversations that like, that didn't, that like, you know, like we never, we never monetize this podcast, even though we have over 1500, like, cause like, anchor the the app that we use like once you have like 15 1500 like individual listens like you can you can sign up to get monetized and I, we never like we never did and i think for me i was like i just need this i don't want this podcast to be something i rely on for anything but my enjoyment i don't want to rely on it for like money i don't want to put myself put pressure on myself to like find more listeners so we can get more like i was like no and i think it was really cool um especially in this day and age to just do something and it's like, yeah, it's creative, but like we're producing not for the sake of producing or for people to consume it. We're just producing to to create. Um, and of course, it's a part of like the Spotify conglomerate, whatever. It's like that's coming in, into the ether, whatever. But I think like it was really cool because like my like my line of work, I guess if I can call it, is like everything I do, write, say, speak, is going towards one day being published for something, and that just like grates me. I'm like, I hate that pressure. And I think that's really stupid. And I think that like um, this podcast being for nothing else, but just our own enjoyment was just like, is, is so much fun. Um, and I think that's why, like, whenever, that's why I'm always like really eager to edit. Cause I'm like, this is like, there's, this is like one of the only things in my life that like doesn't require uh, that has no lasting pressure behind it. And there's no consequences to doing it. Once again, one direction, we will not be sued. Thank you. Um, <laughs> there's no like, there's, yeah. So yeah. I mean, yes, and that, I I think that's a really beautiful point. And I, I don't mean to say this at all to to underline your point. I think we would have made a total of two dollars, but like you know, it's fine. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying that's two dollars, but like because of my obsessive personality, I would have been like, okay, now we have to find a way to get more listeners. No, no, no. I think I, uh, I feel like about like, do we Instagram? Do we go here? Yeah, no, no, no. I, I hear that. Cause I think that was a conversation that we just never went back to. And I think that is for that reason. Cause it was just fun to create for the purpose of creating. I get that. I yeah. Think that's really... it's, it is kind of like reminds me, I think of energy of like early YouTubers who just made things for like themselves. And I think it's really weird now watching a lot of these influencers like create content not for themselves but for like money and like how that's kind of changed and I just think even listening to other podcasts like sure there's some podcasts that are just about like people enjoying themselves but like there's I know there's something weird this is so self-aggrandizing there's just something like weird as a listener listening to something that like someone has only made for the purpose of like one day popping off and becoming an influencer or making some kind of money and i think it was just cool to like just release something just to be released um and that's it and i think it like um uh there's i don't know there's like a real there's a real joy to like yeah we're you know unfortunately complicit in capitalism in some capacity but it's like but capitalism doesn't get to have this <laughs> like at all <laughs> right no 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 I so that's a really good point. And like, like <laughs> no, I think that's like a really, I'm really grateful that, yeah, this doesn't, this didn't all at all, like, even if we just gotten those like 
15 cents or whatever it was that like we would might have gotten from like people listening to our anchor ad or whatever like I feel like it's a it's it feels really like pure I guess in some ways to like not also like there's nothing more valuable than someone's time and I just feel like honor that and a lot of the influencers are too rich to be having your podcast also waste people like five minutes of people's times on like products they're never going to use because it's all trash true yeah I feel like that's like one thing that I really appreciate too that like I feel like even with our listeners that like it was they gave us so much time and it it wasn't um yeah it felt like a relationship where like people are giving people time willingly hopefully I I hope no one was like forced to listen to our podcast anymore it's so sad (laughs) awful and I'm so sorry I mean it's a terrible joke and I'm so sorry but can you imagine if someone's like this is now a torture device Listen, listen to like I think they should specifically use my episodes of like you being like and then blah 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 and me being like ah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> headphones on and, off, on and off on and off make a choice oh, wow here we are episode 52 gosh it's so weird like I just feel um like it just feels like a nice ending to like uh to like the wonder like to like my like time as like a directioner and it was cool to be like a pair of carrots who like could just prove that we're not carrots anymore we know exactly what we're talking about (laughs) exactly exactly (laughs) yeah and like we also have just talked but like maybe not if you like anyone doesn't if we do ever want to like get into the you know into the industry and you feel like you might need help we might know some things you know like we might be consulting you know who knows No, but like for real though, I feel like I, I would say I think we understand a bit a bit more now and how to ask certain questions. Um, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, that's so cool. Earned to stay in this industry so far, and we do not plan to do so, but you know. I mean, I would genuinely like to have someone who's in the industry, like, listen to, like, one of, like, maybe, like, our solo episodes and be, like, are you right or wrong? And then for them to be, like, I obviously, well, they will be, like, you're right. And I'd be, like, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Please give me a drop now. Right. I, the only thing that I'm confused on, and, like, I know this is a note going back, and I'm so sorry we're all over the place, but Zane, I still want to know what Zane's, um, Zane's whole, like, plan is. I would love to know what they're doing. I I agree. I want to know, like, what's happening behind the scenes of that record label because, like, I think, if anything, this podcast has, like, shown me that, like, Zane is, like, I'm an artist, so that's what I do, and I just kind of, I can't believe that Zane Malik is getting away with, like, being an artist and, like, having a record label, like, sign him as, and he's, like, I said I, I sign on as an artist, that's all I am. I'm not, like, I would be an influencer. I'm going to do low-key endorsements, but, like, that's all you're getting with me. You're getting three minutes on Instagram. Right. Right. But it's working somehow, and I don't know if I can manage Zane at this point in my life, you know, but I feel like I understand the rest of them, at least, like, kind of what they're doing. For sure. Oh, my God, but it would be fun to manage Zane. It would be. I like. I feel like you could do some really. I feel like it'd be such a fun creative experience to figure out how to keep his artists alive. Oh, for That's sure. Fun. I would reach out to every single artist on the planet, and be like, "Hey, do you want to collab with Zane? Send us a song." 
I'm still hoping for like a BTS Zane. Same. 100%. But also just anyone. And I feel like Zayn needs to be like the Nicki Minaj, like be like he needs to take under, he needs to take Nicki Minaj's like way of working into like consideration. Because like Nicki, like I feel like Nicki's verses is like just like a really like a passive way of income for her. True. Because if she was making 50K for a, a verse no album out, how much is she making now? True. I mean, yeah, you're right. Like, I can't mm-hmm. imagine that, like, Zayn has... But I guess he's kind of doing that. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. that's what I mean. He just needs to, like, keep at it. Because I think, like, I think it's it just shows his... It just it also lets, lets, lets him show the whole world, like, yeah, this is how versatile I am. Right. I can do anything and everything. What other questions do we have about the end of this podcast? Um, oh, they, I mean, obviously the listener said, like, I don't have to respond to it at all. But, like, they had this, like, really, it was also fun, too, because, like, they also, the, a listener sent us an email this week saying, like, they also, they're kind of, like, seeing it as, like, a way to leave like in a weird way this podcast aligned with them fi- saying goodbye to one direction too and they have like really great points about like about like maybe we can end up talking we can end this note on talking about like what fandom culture like means to us mm-hmm. and like what like fangirls are like fangirls and like you know the listeners are like i hate the term fan i hate it so much and i think you know the power i love the power that um that those in the subaltern or those who are marginalized have in terms of reclaiming things and i think I just love that fans, like, fans and now fans, once again, reclaiming really problematic words. I just love that we've been able to witness, like, how much power they have. And I think we're beginning to witness them knowing how much power they have. Um, And I also love that we're beginning to witness fans not even caring anymore about the double standards that, like, the patriarchy has about what they do. Um, It's cool to see fans. I mean, even in One Direction, like, we remember, like, every birthday, there was like, there were like various, like there were five different groups for each of the boys who would like raise money for their, like and, and donate in terms of, and, and donate in honor of their birthday, right? Like there's just ways that fans are just doing, fangirls have just been doing really cool things for a while. And I think like um, this other, like the, the listeners made a good point about like, especially that like they, they were like, in terms of the sexualization of Harry Styles, they were like, they kind of like pushed back on our critique and they were like, it, one needs to acknowledge that like, there's like a slight power there and it's like yeah harry's a, is a factor sure but like recall that these are also like young women existing in a world in which they have very little autonomy over their own bodies and they have little autonomy about how they're going to learn about sex or experience sex or attraction etc cetera, etc cetera. and so for for this like one direction fandom to be like the sexual awakening <laughs> weirdly for like so many of us and like um and for and but in a way that like Fan culture said, like, it's going to be the woman, it's going to be, like, particularly the woman's gaze, right? Or, like, it's not going to be the male gaze, like, telling us how to understand love and, and sex and all that and desire. It's going to be, like, from us. And we're going to get to choose, like, what we love. And I think when you look at the boy bands who have, like, incurred the most fans and the most fervent fans, I think it's so telling that, like, they're just at forefront, just very silly people who just, like, their fans love them because they're very soft with each other. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And I think, uh, I think I have such, I've always appreciated fans and I have such a deeper 
deeper appreciation for fans, also having witnessed the ways in which, like the reason these five people are still doing very well is because fans make it so, and fans decided so. Um, and I hope that Harry never takes them for granted, even though he won a Grammy. I hope he remembers like what who got him there. <laughs> Um, but um, and I hope that me, I hope that Leo never. I think like Leo kind of forgot. I think Harry kind of forgot. I think Niall is very much saying like you're still here, but I'm gonna try to get the mainstream. Louis 100 always remembers. I feel like Zayn talks about this the squad. It was got like Zayn like retweets his fans fan art sometimes, which is nice. Um, but anyway, that's my spiel about fans. Fan on, fan on. No, I think that's a really good, it's a really good way to end. I feel like um, I hope that Harry, yeah, Harry's my only, I think one of my big questions, I hope that he really remembers like who and how, where, like how his support has grown as it is because the world feels like a fan of Harry right now. So I hope he really remembers that it was a dedicated group of people who like, you know, still make him relevant today. Um, and like got watermelon sugar all the airplay it needed for it to win a Grammy um, and I mean because you think about it there was a lot of really fervent watermelon sugar streaming that happened it's not nowhere on the level of like some other fandoms namely BTS but I mean it's I think that there is something really um, I think there's like fandom feels like such a like a double edged sword I guess because I think you see some of the intensity of fandom like the toxicity of what a fandom culture can be but I think at the end of the day there like honestly is such a really beautiful place and I think like what you shared from that listener is just really powerful um about the ways that like I mean kind of even just like we were talking about with this podcast it can be a really safe place to like move about social issues you know um, yeah. It doesn't feel, I guess, as heavy when you're talking about a boy band. And um, I think it can teach you a whole lot about, like, what toxic masculinity shouldn't be and, like, what healthy relationships should look like. Um, I think it needs to be in dialogue because I don't think that, like, boy bands are pervading a map for, you know, like, perfection in that. But I think that um, when you participate in fandom and dialogue, as I think that, like, so many of our listeners and so many people do in some way shape or form um it's such a powerful space for um yeah for like self-discovery like social awareness and that's really cool and i think i think you're right too i think that like some of that what what it means to be a fandom and like what it means i think even like from the one direction fans is like really kind of expanding when we look at like some of the stuff the k-pop fandom has done in the past year and like i think even like the one direction fandom is kind of like catching up some of that too yeah. um, I think it's harder when your fandom is not when your boy band is not active but I think that like some of that is um some of that culture of like, what it means to be a fandom together and what you can accomplish and the power I think that like we're just coming to terms with what that means in the social media age and it's going to be really yeah. Easy to do. yeah and I think it's like you know I think credit needs to be like I think credit needs to be given to at the end of the day I will say boldly Credit needs to be given to One Direction because, like, I think Harry said it, we would be nowhere without electricity. Um, <laughs> and, like, you know, like, they really were, like, that first example of, like, what it means to, like, engage with your, engage with your fans, even though, like, you know, comparatively to what people are doing now, it's so minimal, but, like, 10 years ago, like, that was unheard of. 
And like, um, like they really did manage to do something really, really incredible and prove that like, you know, you can also just take your fans seriously and you can give them credit for being incredible. And you can wear a shirt that says crazy mofos to show your love for them. <laughs> um, and like they, um, they really did like, they did, I mean, and like the Jonas Brothers, I think don't even like compare to me in terms of like One Direction. I think people try and put the Jonas Brothers in there, but like kind of like what we said in our boy band episode, like not really. Like I think we were all like very like thirsty for a boy band, but it was like, okay, finally room for a new one. And I think like when you look at what boy bands are doing now, I think One Direction like helped boy bands be taken a bit more seriously. And I think One Direction provided this space for, as you said, fangirls to like, find real safety in like that in in like that space and not feel like outcasts and now it's like now there's just room for so many more people and more artists to like make it because fans say so and it's also just incredible to watch um that was also that was also what's really crazy about one direction is that they were an example of how you don't need the radios to play you don't need the rodeo conglomerates to like you you don't need all these industry head heavyweights to like you or talk about you we don't, we don't need you. We just need our fans. Thank you for having us on your cover, but like, this is just extra work, but this isn't what we need to, to be who we are. Right. No, I think that is a really good, I think there is something that is really special about them still, even like, as I guess they've kind of like, not faded from relevance, but like, as time goes by from like, I, their big, their height of cultural impact, um, and they develop more solo artists. I think like you don't really notice, I guess, how much like before One Direction was doing that. I don't know if like everyone was engaging with their fans on that level. And now it's kind of standard that you even have Taylor Swift, who's like replying to her fans on Twitter, you know. And like it feels. I know there are artists who are doing that. It doesn't mean there weren't artists interacting with their fans, but like being a high profile artist who needed to appreciate your fans on that level. I think especially in the era where Justin Bieber is literally like throwing water or like, you know, whatever he's doing to his fans and like. Yeah, you're so right. Cause like, I think fans were made to feel like it's a privilege for your person to speak to you. And One Direction was like, we love you. We're here for you. What do you need? <laughs> and sometimes it got annoying, but I love how Liam sometimes was like, can you just give me time? <laughs> right. Right. But it felt like a different, it felt like even that kind of like relationship with fandom and like understanding, I think truly understanding that fangirls specifically were think for people to be taken seriously. Yeah. And weren't just like something you write off as, I think, and I think I will give credit where credit's due. Harry Styles is, I think, really instrumental in like understanding that a fangirl's idea of pop culture is important and like should be yeah. taken and isn't just like a joke because they're a young woman very much so kudos harry kudos any other final thoughts as we bid adieu wow um it has just really been a time and i um am grateful for this and for all of you all thank Me you too. very much so um we don't know if we we don't know what's next um, it definitely will not be about One Direction. So if you ever hear a notification about from us, just know it will not be about One Direction. So if you're here because of One Direction, just square warning, it will not be about One Direction. <laughs> but we just really like, I don't know, I personally just like the pair of carrots like name. I think it's really fun. Um, but so yeah, if you ever hear like, they're back, it won't be about 1D. Um, so fair warning. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 
about something else. Fair warning, but like, I mean, maybe you and I would have to, like, if if anything, if Zooey talked, and yeah. we, you know, like, we might need to pop back for that, but there are no sure. and like, at this point, there's no more One Direction content planned. Yeah, just like, we're just like, in case you're like, wait, why did you lie to me? It's like, we're just saying, like, we'll specifically say this is about One Direction, but just so you know, as if, especially for you weekly listeners, um, we want to be able to, like, have you all trust that we're not just like taking advantage of you here so you know this was literally a year-long journey and if Louis, if Louis does it's only if, I feel like for me personally I'll say this here it's only if Zooey ever recognized publicly that's it I don't care about anything else that's, that's exactly why I said that yeah. <laughs> the only thing I care about <laughs> I mean, maybe an OT5 reunion, but like, it'll be us in like 20 years. Yeah, once again, because Lane would be there. Um, anyway, but you know, once again, thank you so much. It's gonna feel really strange not to get up next week to um, to record. Um, so it seems that there's no better way to end this wonderful journey than with the words of Wendy themselves. Love you all, goodbye. of love you goodbye let's talk about it written in 2015 by louis julian Vanetta, and jacob cash kasher hinden for the album made in the am love you goodbye is a savvy ballad which no one will ever convince me is about anyone but saying <laughs> i um yeah it's 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 very sappy very sappy feels it's made yeah it is made in the am isn't it um yeah <laughs> I feel like this song makes me unnecessarily sad, and maybe it's just because I also think it's about Zayn too. But I feel like this was another way that One Direction was telling us all goodbye. You're right. <laughs> they just couldn't say it. Or maybe oh, they die. You know. Anyway. Wow, we've been also just side note: fifty-two songs that we've put on our recordings. I'm. I'm also just going to say congrats to us for that, too. That's I know. Awesome. It was, I will say, listeners, like, uh, it got to a point where some, some songs were really easy to, like, match with the podcast theme. Others, I was like, yikes. <laughs> we're going to make it, we're going to make it work. But, um, yeah. yeah, need, if you, like, and you know, I'll stand by it. I still like One Direction's music. So, you know. I agree. Still good. Still great. Anyway. Thank you all again so much for being part of this journey. We hope that you're doing okay. We hope that you've been able to get vaccinated or if you are not yet, that you will be able to do so soon. We hope that you and your communities are blessed with abundant moments of joy, rest, and well-being. A massive thank you for listening. All the love. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> Sad. Oh my God, we did it. We did it. Hooray! Wow. That was so cool. That was.